season. Welcome to this week's Fireside Chat. I'm Lisa Stearns. I'm here with Dr. Tim Cross, our Senior Vice President, and we'll be updating you today on the latest information regarding COVID-19 cases within the university, and we'll be welcoming the one and only Phil Fulmer to our chat today. We can't wait to hear his thoughts on the first home game tomorrow and how the athletic department has dealt with this pandemic. So a few reminders, remember to keep your audio muted. Use the chat function on Zoom to ask any questions. You can publicly post your question in chat or you can send it privately to me. A recording of this session will be made and posted on the UTIA coronavirus website. You can find the link on our homepage at utia.tennessee.edu. So Tim, we always like to take a look at the numbers and the case count appears to be continuing a downward trend within the university and of course staying low within the Institute. So can you give us an update on the overall picture for the university? Well, thanks uh, for kicking us off once again, Lisa, and uh, glad to give a, a quick overview. I, I know everybody's most excited about hearing about COVID data, but uh, I suspect there's a few uh, looking forward to Coach Fulmer's remarks too. So uh, we'll get through uh, the, the necessary and, and important uh, topics related to COVID, and then we'll get on to having a great conversation with the coach as well. I thought uh, just to change things up a little bit and hopefully to make things even more visual uh, this week, I'd share some of our data uh, visually. And so if you'll bear with me just a moment, I'm gonna pull up uh, a, a slideshow with just a few slides, uh, hopefully make it a little easier. Oops, that doesn't look very good to me. That doesn't look good at all. In fact, uh, let me try something new here. Well, that's not even my screen, I don't think. Let me try one more time. Mike Stanley, for some reason, when I try to, uh, oh, let's see if this is it. There we go, all right. All my mistakes there, my apologies. So hopefully what you're seeing now is a, uh, a chart that shows uh, the university-wide active positive cases. Is that what we're seeing, Lisa? Yes. Okay. In spite of my limitations, we're making progress. So here's a quick summary since uh, mid-August or so, when we really started sharing detailed uh, data and information. Uh, and I'll start with our university-wide active positive cases. And this shows uh, our student cases in blue. And then the smaller orange bars on the top uh, represent our employees, both faculty and staff. And as you can see, uh, mid-August, we were fairly low. Uh, as we opened up the university and students came back, clearly there was an increase in positive cases, uh, both among students and a, and a slight increase among uh, faculty and staff as well. And then as you get over to uh, today, uh, looking at October 2nd, you can see uh, we currently have three employees total uh, that are active positive cases and 87 students uh, as active positive cases. So the numbers have, have uh, it, it appears in this chart at least at, to this point in time, uh, peaked uh, in mid-September following the, the reopening uh, and welcoming back uh, probably of our students. And then uh, they, they've certainly declined since then. 
Also, uh, we've been sharing information about isolations and quarantines, and this shows basically the same story uh, for, for that same time period from mid-August uh, through today. And as you can see uh, today, we've got 275 students in, in isolation uh, and a total of 46 uh, faculty and staff uh, in isolation as well. And those numbers are, are very much uh, reduced from mid-September too. So uh, very positive trends there. Uh, and that uh, represents the total university numbers. For the Institute of Agriculture, again, it's, it's a similar story, just uh, slightly different, but probably uh, for the most part, due to such small numbers, the trends here aren't probably very relevant. What you basically see is that we've had a very low number of cases throughout uh, this period of time from August through October. And we currently have uh, two uh, employees uh, at, that are uh, positive at this point in time. So very small numbers. We're, we're basically down to where we were back uh, uh, in, in the spring of this year. So that's great news uh, from my perspective. And, and again, the same story on self-isolations as well. And as of today, we have nine employees in the Institute uh, that, are, that are isolated due to either being positive or because they've been in direct contact or because they have symptoms. So uh, very good uh, progress, I think, uh, getting through uh, these challenging times the last several weeks. And as far as the university goes and, and as far as the Institute goes, uh, very positive news. The news uh, nationally is not so positive, and all of you, again, are probably inundated with more of this information than you need. I thought this one graph probably sums it up as well as any to me, and it shows uh, the number of active uh, cases uh, identified on a daily basis, and then the red line in this chart represents the seven-day average for the number of new cases. And in this chart, you can see uh, we, we had a peak uh, in mid-July. We declined fairly steadily from then until mid-September, but a little bit troubling is that since mid-September, mid we're now back on an upward trajectory. Uh, that's something that I know we're all concerned about. We're all, uh, I think, uh, getting in tune with. Uh, I believe we know, based on our university experience, if we have uh, a high number of uh, individuals that are compliant with doing the right things, uh, social distancing, hand washing, face mask uh, wearing, and so forth, we could change that uh, across the country. But at this point, uh, that's the, the way the trend looks uh, at this time. And a uh, similar story for this uh, state of Tennessee as well. And this uh, is a slightly different chart, but uh, from the, the state uh, tracking service, it shows uh, the the uh, individual uh, points on a daily basis uh, fluctuating up and down, and, and this uh, smooth line uh, shows a projection uh, based on uh, the past seven days. So uh, it also shows a slight positive trend uh, since uh, certainly since mid-September and almost back to early September. But uh, the good news here is that uh, while it is a slightly positive trend, we're still in that 1,200 to 1,400, 1,500 cases per day. Uh, and that is uh, still lower than, than the peak that we saw back in mid-July. So as a state and as a country, we've still got challenges. We all need to remain attentive to doing the right things, but uh, it, it does appear as though, particularly on, on campus and across our institute statewide, uh, we're doing quite well and everyone's uh, staying healthy. 
with all that in mind, uh, we have uh, seen that uh, the travel restrictions for out-of-state travel have really been uh, eliminated, if you will. So at this point, out-of-state travel is, is being handled just as out-of-state travel has always been handled. But a couple of, you know, just uh, uh, reminders there. First of all, out-of-state travel requires approval in advance. And I know sometimes we get a little lax about that, but I think it's more important than ever to be sure anyone that's contemplating out-of-state travel submit their request for travel approval in advance. Let's be sure we all know what we're doing. Be sure your supervisor is aware and supportive. And then secondly, uh, remember our guidance about returning from travel. While we're not restricting you from traveling, we do want you to to be careful uh, upon your return because uh, we wanna make sure not only that you stay healthy, but that your coworkers and those that you uh, serve, students and others stay healthy as well. So our guidance still says, uh, if you're going out of state, when you return, uh, have a conversation with your supervisor and decide if there may be a necessity uh, for uh, uh, isolation period uh, after returning from out of state travel. Otherwise our guidance remains uh, as it has been, and it's updated and, and available on our uh, UTI coronavirus website. So that's a quick snapshot of, of where we're at this week, Lisa. So there is uh, one question from the audience that I think we'll go ahead and tackle, no pun intended, uh, but before we move on, and that is uh, this person has heard that case counts among, among our students are falling um, because students are not getting tested. And are, do you have any thoughts on that? I do have thoughts. I don't have data. Uh, my thoughts are, if that's true, it's horrible. Uh, we, we need to all do the right things, and that includes our students. Uh, I've heard conversations about that, uh, but I also know that uh, we are doing uh, background testing uh, for our residential students in particular. Uh, we're testing wastewater that detects the presence of COVID without individual student testing. So if we start to detect uh, real hot spots, real problems uh, through that wastewater testing, we can then move to individual uh, student testing. And I think that could help to address some of that potential strategic behavior on the part of students. Uh, for off-campus students, that's a little harder to deal with. I'd also note though, that if off-campus students are living off campus and enrolled in primarily online courses, the opportunities for interaction among uh, our campus uh, community are, are quite limited then. So uh, I think there's probably some possibilities of some of that bad behavior, uh, strategic behavior in particular, but I also think uh, we're seeing no increases among our employees, faculty and staff, and therefore, you know, I still feel like we've got an extremely safe and extremely well-managed uh, workplace, uh, both on campus and across the state. And I think we can continue to do our job very, very well uh, and without fear. Well, thanks, Tim, for that overview. And you're right, it does look uh, much more positive. Although, as you said, we do all need to remain diligent um, in taking care of ourselves and others too. So, well, we are really excited uh, today about our special guest who really uh, needs no introduction, but I'm gonna ask you to give one anyway. Well, thanks, and, uh, and it's a real pleasure and an honor to uh, welcome uh, Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics, Philip Fulmer, uh, to our group today. Uh, Coach Fulmer has a really rich history uh, and background with the University of Tennessee. He was a student and a player, 
He's been on the coaching staff and a head coach and now uh, the director of athletics. And I, I get to see him regularly as a member of Chancellor Plowman's cabinet. Based on those interactions, I know he's got a real heart for students. He's got a passion for education, for uh, helping to develop young people. Uh, he happens to know a thing or two about football also. So, uh, you know, I, I really uh, am so pleased to, to thank uh, Coach Fulmer for taking a few minutes here this afternoon. We got our first home game tomorrow. Coach, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Tim. I'm glad to be with you today. There probably people argue as to how much I really know about football, but uh, I love your background, by the way. I look forward to getting getting back to those kind of numbers in Neyland Stadium. Uh, it, you know, it is my pleasure to, to join you, and I appreciate all that you do and in your, uh, you know, your fireside chats. I think that's a great idea. You with that you guys spend time uh, sharing and, and and doing all this and uh, keeping up with each other, uh, especially during these these challenging COVID times. It's just almost a, well, it is an unprecedented challenge for all all of us and. All the Ag Institute does for all, all the people across our state, being a, from a rural county myself, you know, I know how important and how well you guys touch real problems that our, our communities have. So thank you for that. Well, great. So I, I've got two or three questions for you, and then uh, we'll open it up to a few questions from our audience as well. So uh, bear with me just a little bit, Coach. Let's start with uh, the fact that we've got a home opener tomorrow. Here in the midst of a pandemic, uh, you know, folks are saying, how in the world can we bring people into a, a large stadium setting like uh, like Nayland Stadium and, and keep everybody healthy? So I wonder if you might just, uh, for those getting questions around the state, uh, let, let folks know uh, what the plans are and how we're going to handle uh, the crowd tomorrow. Yeah, um, I think to start with, you kind of got to look at a little bit of, of history of how we got here. I give great kudos to our commissioner of the conference and, and to the president and chancellors, including Dr. Plowman. Uh, she was certainly a part of that. There were points that we uh, would go forward and stop and or slow down and, and make sure that we were doing the right thing to continue to move toward trying to play and delaying the season and just going to Southeastern Conference only games gave us some more control of our own environment. Um, but to answer your question specifically at the moment that we're in now, we have very much tried to create that bubble concept around our, around our athletes and facility and, and, and the dining area and the locker room. And we're going way out of our way with, as campuses also with our students, but, you know, for cleaning and making sure that our kids are coming into a clean environment, social distancing is really important. Uh, we have taken our entire complex and, and, and spread them out all, all over just for individual meetings that we maintain the, the, the six feet and, and, and obviously wearing the mask. And, and um, you know, we got control of them for, you know, 20, well, four hours out of the 24, something like that. So, our guys have done a great job when they go home, you know, being disciplined and, and, and taking care of themselves. And obviously the virtual classes have helped some of our upper class, uh, 
upper level classes aren't necessarily all online or whatever. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but for the most part, we had a spike in July. I heard you're talking to your team. You know, we had a spike after July the 4th, uh, 10 days, two weeks or so after that. And then another one, some around Labor Day. And so far we've been able to manage through game weeks. And, and, and we just got a notice here just to, probably 30 minutes ago that we're clear for this game. Uh, the conference has to clear us and that's, that's the checks and balances part of it. So it's, it's good. We can play and Missouri's ready to play. That's great. Well, and, and, uh, you know, we, we realize there can't be real private information shared about any uh, individual members of the team, but in general, it appears uh, that the numbers of positive cases have been quite low throughout the uh, student athletes uh, since since they've been back on campus and, and training and, and practicing. Uh, any particular aspects of what you just described in terms of being in the bubble that you think were particularly helpful or particularly critical in, in keeping everyone healthy, at least for the four hours <laughs> that uh, that athletics is responsible? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I all those things I just said, uh, being virtual, uh, I guess we're probably maybe 75% uh, virtual uh, now has, has helped not being around um, students that you know, you don't know whether they've been tested or not. We're, we're tested three times a week. So, I mean, we, we know where we have uh, it when we have an issue and we know within 24 hours, which is a real big plus for us. But I think, uh, you know, kids are going to be kids and sometime and they play video games or they, you know, they're, they're socializing or whatever, but I think they're doing a much better job of staying their distance and wearing their mask and, and, uh, and um, being conscious of, 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 of who they're, who they're around. Uh, it has to be that because our numbers since we started playing have really gone down. So. Good. And, and how about the fans? Uh, some of the folks online here may be uh, coming to the game tomorrow. Uh, well, what, yeah. what practices do we have uh, that they need to be prepared? I, for? I hope I hope there's some coming to the games or at least keeping up with us. Uh, um, we many of the same processes. Uh, we will have control of who or, or how fast we enter, uh, how fast we leave the stadium so that we're not gathering in at gates or in, in narrow hallways or any hallways that we can. So the exiting there, the seating uh, uh, processes, we, they're, you know, they're, you're either with family or friends that you know all about, but then you're still six, week, six feet away from, from the next group of people. So uh, that's, that's important. Um, concessions, everything's packaged, you know, it's prepackaged and, not like you're going to go and get the old game day hot dog. It's, you know, it's not, not going to happen. So uh, we've cleaned before and after uh, the games. We'll clean before and have clean and we'll clean again and we'll clean after the games uh, going through there. And we're, obviously we're only at 25% capacity, which creates a whole nother number of problems, but uh, that's keeping our fans and our, players safe uh, limited tailgating just I'm trying to think off the top of my head you know we don't have the band 
on the field. The band won't march. We won't have the ball walk. All of our traditions that we that we think are so important to us, you know, cheerleaders on the field will not happen. They'll be in the stands. Uh, so actually, no visitors on the field. So that we're trying to keep that distance from the players and the coaches, and even to the point of the parents' meetings after the game will be away from camp, away from the stadium and, and outside. Now, what they do from there, we can't tell a parent not to take their child to dinner or something, but what we can control, we've controlled. Sounds great. Well, I'm, I'm confident with all the plans in place, uh, it, it will be uh, a good experience for our fans, good experience for the players, and, and uh, everyone will go home just as healthy as they arrive. Last question from me, and then we'll see if uh, some of our uh, audience uh, has a question or two as well. Uh, I've always been impressed when, when I've been around you, Coach. Uh, you've always got a positive attitude. Uh, you, you encourage uh, everyone around you to work through uh, challenges or issues and do so, you know, really thinking about the future and not dwelling on the past. I know you faced adversity in the past. What suggestions uh, do you have for us as an Institute of Agriculture as we work through the, the challenges of this pandemic? Yeah, I think I think by nature I am a, a positive person and I can, you know, I, can, I mean, not not that you don't have days that you, you know, are tough or even periods in your life that are tough, but I've always looked at challenges as opportunities and it depends on most of the time it's the attitude that you take toward you know, meeting those. When I left UT, you know, back in 08, I mean, I was at a place in life, you know, that I, I felt like I had some more good years and coaching and those kinds of things and, and, and looked around a lot. And then I realized, gosh, I have these beautiful grandchildren that I really hadn't spent all the time I'd like to. And I take, I took, you know, seven or eight years there. And I was the little league baseball coach and flag football coach and spent just great time that I just had never had even with my own children not that I I mean I have I had a super relationship and everything with my grand with my children but my grandchildren I've been able to spend more time now back into this job I'm kind of back on the on the old treadmill again uh, but I'm trying to make sure I'm spending still spend quality time with my children um, I, I tell a lot of people um, you know everybody would think the national championship would have been my favorite team and it was one it's certainly one of the favorite teams and a great moment in our history and great bunch of kids that, that nobody expected to do that well because Peyton had graduated and all those other guys had graduated and, and uh, but that wasn't my those weren't my favorite teams my favorite team was 94 and we lost our quarterback in the first game at UCLA and Jerry Colquitt and, um, you know, we had to play Todd Helton. Todd was a backup quarterback, but he was really a baseball player. And, you know, and he did a great job for us. But then he gets nicked, and we're playing two freshmen, Peyton being one of them. And, and um, you know, we, we started the season one and three. And I, I tell everybody, you do not want to be the head coach at Tennessee and be one and three. It's no fun. <laughs> but that team overcame that, and we ended up winning eight games in the bowl game concluding the bowl game and um out of those ashes i tell everybody at one and three that that team pulling with us all together uh is is my favorite team because after that we learned we learned how to win 
and we were 45 and five after that uh, with that same group of kids kind of leading the way. So challenges we have, this COVID thing that we have or personal things that we have in our life, you know, if we get the right kind of foundation, we can work through positive. Great. Thanks, Coach. Well, really, again, appreciate you being with us. Lisa, what, uh, what questions uh, have we got for Coach Fulmer this afternoon? Well, thanks, Coach, for being here. And we do have a couple of questions. Um, one is, this truly is an unprecedented time, as we all know. So you were talking about the teams. How, what is the morale of, of the current team? And how are they dealing with this? Yeah. Lisa, they're, they're like, they're like everybody else, you know, they, they're just kids and they have challenges at home, you know, with family members, maybe, maybe they've lost a, an uncle or dad, even in, in one case, or a family member somewhere distant, you know, so they're, they're, they're worried, they're very trusting, and that we're trying to do the right things for them. And we take that very seriously from how well we can bubble them and protect them and, and are they better off here than they are in some of the environments that they come from? Oftentimes the answer to that question is yes, but Coach Pruitt does a really great job of, of hugging on them and has that, has that relationship with them. And I think our culture here in the athletic department has gotten the same. We're all a big family and uh, not everything's going to be perfect every day, but we're trying to do the best for each other and, it's 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 culminated in in our our athletes, uh, you know. I think feeling that, and uh, you know, we're here to get an education and have a great experience and grow as young men and women, and to compete for championships while we're here. So that's kind of the, our four pillars: are communication, trust, communication meaning let's don't surprise each other. You know, trust is earned and not given. Warmth that we care about each other and we don't mind saying it, you know, and the last, and this could be first, is intensity, you know, that we go about our day every day to be the best that we can be. And if we do those things, we got a chance to be successful in all phases of our lives. So adding to that, and I'm sure you don't want to make any predictions, but someone has asked, how do you feel about this year's team and their chances for, um, success this season yeah I um I think we've made really good progress this would be coach Pruitt's third year and we don't physically look like the same team that we inherited when we came here no slam on anybody before us but we have worked really hard to um you know in the weight room and and and, and in the strength and conditioning area to to get bigger, stronger, faster, tougher, uh, smarter guys, you know, in, in the football program. And we're, and it's showing better. Uh, we're not yet quite where we need to be, uh, you know, to, um, you know, to maybe play in the national championship, but that's our goal. That's our goal uh, in, in shortly. So uh, that doesn't mean we can't, I mean, nobody thought we would in 98 either. Right. So, um, this team is, um, we didn't play great at South Carolina, but we played really, really hard. And if you work 
really, really hard and you've got talent, you continue to listen and learn because we're very young still in a lot of spots, uh, then you got, you got a chance. And just playing SEC games is a real challenge physically, emotionally to get up every weekend to that level of play. It's, it's hard. That's why, you, you know, you have other teams sometimes sprinkled in there, give your, give your guys a chance to catch the breath and also some younger guys to play. So um, I, that's a long answer to your question. I think we've got a great opportunity to have a really, really fine season. I couldn't even pretend to put a number on it. And I, I'd hate to be a coach right now because Sunday you test, Tuesday you test, Thursday you test, and you don't have any control over that. You know, it's not like it's an injury or, uh, you know, you know, some, some kid misbehaving or something. I mean, that's, this is a pandemic, you know, and uh, so far so good with that, but it's, it's challenging. So I'm trying to build depth all the time. I mean, he's got to worry about who, who the roommate is and, 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 you know, not just him, but our volleyball and our, and our soccer teams are participating as well. They got the same issues. You know, what, what are they doing those other 20 hours if they're not here? Well, I know there are a lot of fans on on with us today, and they're wishing the best to to the team and to to everyone. Um, what kinds of skills are the team and coaches developing from dealing with the pandemic that you think will benefit them down the road? Yeah, there's a real uncertainty around uh, all of this. You know that. Um, that I think all of us have, you know, you, you, you worry about what restaurants you go to or, you know, who you shake hands with, or, I mean, it's just lots of uncertainty and this is, this can be divisive, uh, you know, in, in some way, or it can, it can bring you together. I think it's brought a lot of us in this building together. Um, I mean, um, and I think it's brought a lot of our teams together because the coaches have handled it so well. And that, that family atmosphere that's, that's there. Now they have the choice to opt out. We've had very few that, you know, chose to do that without losing their scholarship aid or, or eligibility. Uh, but, but very few have chosen to do that. They want, they want to compete. I was over visiting this, the ladies uh, swimming and diving team yesterday. And I, my daughters both participated here. One in softball, one was a diver. And uh, the culture that's around those teams is just, you'd be very proud to have your son or daughter involved with, with those. And that, that oftentimes goes unnoticed about what, what an experience, this is our fraternity or our, you know, all over, they're all from all over the country, but we were all, um, or sorority, we're all in this together. So I, I think that's been a real healthy part of the, they'll take the rest of their life with, with them. You know, one thing I've noted, uh, Coach, has been the, the real uh, active involvement and leadership that the student athletes have, have shown with regard to social justice. Uh, and, and I have to think yeah. some of what you just mentioned, coming together, supporting one another, I think that that's, you know, really led to them really becoming leaders uh, in this movement, too. So uh, I think that's yeah, yeah. And, but But not in, a, not in a divisive way, in a come-together no. way. That's... And that's, uh, we, we, I mean, we're educators, right? All of us are. And that's, that's, we want them to have their, their own thoughts and, and, 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I was here in the 60s, you know, so it's not exactly new to me, right? I mean, I saw some of that. So uh, I think it's, I think it's really great that they've been, um, been able to express themselves, but in a, in a, in a, in a peaceful, non-divisive way. Did you see our uh, patch by chance? You know, no, it's, it's a special it's a, patch for each game uh, this year. No, no, it's a patch for the season. One was Coach Major's patch. It's uh, it was just honoring him, but because uh, he passed away. But our, it was a torch with a, a black arm and a white arm. It's the Tennessee torch, both holding up. You know, that's that's we're coming together to, you know, and and we're and UT's part of our life. You know, part of our part of what we are. It's a good Great patch. Yeah. yeah, great symbol and a great message. Mm -hmm. Coach, we have another question about recruitment and wondering if it's been impacted by the virus or how you see the impact um, from trying to recruit during a pandemic. No, it, def it definitely has. There's parents and families that haven't been to campus yet that their son's committed here. I mean, that's, that's a compliment to our our brand, if you will, and it's a compliment to Coach Pruitt and his assistants getting, you know, getting close to those people back last fall and leading up to March when all this happened. Um, you know, a lot of them have been here, uh, but I mean, a lot of high schools aren't even playing this this fall uh, around the country, so <laughs> it's excuse the term, it's a little bit more of a crapshoot, you know, right now than it has been in some ways. Good, Lisa, we have one more question maybe, and I know uh, this is a busy weekend for, for uh, Tennessee athletics, so we don't want to take up too much coach's time, but maybe uh, I do see one about Smokey in there. Oh, you got, you stole my thunder, but. Oh, well, I'll <laughs> let you ask. <laughs> but one before that one, and that is uh, somebody's looking a little ahead and they would like to know uh, if you have any news about how basketball will be impacted. Yeah, basketball is, is, is uh, it's right around the corner. And uh, I think they've all agreed they'll start a little bit later, uh, not play as many non-conference games. I think the testing protocols are going to have to be followed by anybody that we play. Uh, um, obviously, in the conference, as I mentioned, it's three days a week, three times. Uh, um, most schools can't do that, can't afford to do that. So it'll come out of their guarantee or come out of somewhere. I don't know exactly how we'll, how we'll pay for it, but uh, that's important that we keep our kids competing against other people that don't have COVID. Uh, stadium, it's indoors. And we haven't gotten any, the health department kind of controls that, uh, what, what the attendance would be like, so. I don't know. I might be hopeful for 25%. Well, last question is Tim uh, alluded to, and that is something near and dear to our hearts. And that is where will Smokey be during the game? <laughs> you know, you got me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, it won't be on the field. Because <laughs> uh, he'd have to have a trainer with him and everything. Yeah. I'm, I would imagine it'll be there in the stands with the cheerleaders. Great. Well, good. Well, we, we have a special affinity to, 
for Smokey, obviously he's, he's a great uh, asset to, to everyone in the university, but given that his handlers are members of the Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity, which has traditionally been, you know, heavily agricultural students. Uh, we Absolutely, we always, yeah. I run, into, I, run into, I run into Smokey handlers all the time. Where was I just, uh, just the other day somewhere and this guy walked up and said, hey, I managed Smokey, while you were the coach, and I said, "Man, it was great, you know, great time." Yeah. So, one of the most recognized mascots in the country. Yeah, I saw, I saw a thumbs up there from Tom Looney, so I know our AGR alums are uh, are excited <laughs> about Smokey, and we're glad to have them online today. Well, well, Coach, uh, we, you know, I, I suspect most of our group would love to chat with you all afternoon, but I also uh, expect you got a stadium to get ready and uh, and a lot of. Uh, uh, folks to visit with between now and game time tomorrow. So uh, let me uh, say a special thanks to you, let you share any final words you might wish, and, and we'll let you uh, be sure to get on with your day. No, Tim, I'm just appreciative, like I said, of all that you guys do for our our state and our communities in the state and, and you know, here in Knoxville and all over. Um, we, we, we're, we're all part of the same team. We won't the academic side to be successful, the, 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 you know, all facets of our university and, and state to be successful. And we're glad to be a part of it. And uh, we want to rec rec represent well. We'll do our best all the time. We won't win every game and every sport all the time, but we hope to give our young people a great experience and the chance to compete for championships. Great. Well, thanks so much, Coach. Great message today. Great uh, experiences that you've shared with us. We really appreciate it. And I know it'll be uh, helpful to all of us as we uh, work, work to address uh, the game challenges we have uh, in the coming weeks and months, uh, dealing with uh, uh, classroom uh, education, with research projects, with our extension programs. Uh, so I think uh, your, your thoughts, especially about keep a positive attitude, build on a really positive foundation and, and get things done, uh, that goes a long way. So thanks uh, very much for taking some time from your uh, schedule today. You bet. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. So let me just uh, make a few uh, wrap-up remarks, Lisa, and then uh, make sure uh, if there's any other questions, we get to those as well. In fact, maybe I got my order mixed up there. Any other uh, non-football, non-athletics questions that we have today? Nope, I think everything today was uh, football focused for the most part. So well, it is Big Orange Friday as you mentioned, so uh, that's good. And I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hearing from Coach Fulmer. He is—he's a great person. He's uh, caring, as you could tell. He—he he really cares about players, cares about other people. He's, he's been a pleasure to get to know. So let me make uh, just a few wrap-up remarks. Uh, you know, as we saw in the data, we're doing good. Uh, you know, we're not perfect, but we're darn close uh, in terms of uh, keeping everyone healthy, uh, maintaining a, a safe and healthy workplace. So thanks uh, to each of you uh, for what you continue to do. Don't forget to get your flu vaccination. Uh, and remember that there's an online way to record that under employee self-service. So just a reminder there. And, and I've had a couple of folks ask, what's the deadline? There's no real deadline. We, we want you to do what's best for your health and, and under the advice of your physician, if you want to follow that guidance. Uh, so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's flu vaccination season. Just get one during the season and, uh, and then go in and, and register that. So uh, uh, thank you for, uh, for doing that. 
for all you big orange fans uh, out there, uh, either here on campus or across the state, hope you, uh, if you're coming to the game, uh, you know, come early. We don't know how long it'll take to get in and out, but uh, I think the plans are good. So I hope you have a good time at the game if you're coming in person. For those watching online or on TV, uh, we hope you enjoy the game and, and we hope we've got a very uh, positive outcome, obviously. Uh, please uh, also remember that uh, after we sign off here in about 15 minutes, uh, you have an opportunity uh, to participate in Dr. Dwight Loveday's uh, virtual retirement. So I promise to put in a good plug for that. We all know uh, Dr. Loveday has been committed for uh, many years to serving the University of Tennessee Extension in particular, as well as uh, doing 4-H and food science programs. Mike Stanley has just put the link to that re retirement celebration in the uh, chat box. So if you don't have it, uh, there it is. You can, you can grab it, copy it, or, or click on it and, uh, and participate in that. So with that, uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us this week. Uh, appreciate what you do and hope each of you uh, have a really nice weekend as well. Thanks, Tim. And thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend and go balls. <laughs>